have a lot to be thankful for, even in the midst of all of this, even in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, we see all these kids and families across the front. I mean, that's obviously an amazing thing to be thankful for. Um, and even in the middle of the stuff that's going on that, uh, that makes it feel like maybe the world's falling apart, there is still so much that we have to be thankful for. Um, and that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today, but I do want to give you a quick little update on something. Whether those of you that were online, I'm not sure if Mikey's mic was even working when he was uh, doing part of the announcements for those online, at least, um, for our uh, Guatemala Hurricane Relief Fund. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that, uh, that he let everybody know that through your faithful giving and, uh, and through everything and one at a time, we're able to send them $5,000 which is unbelievable, yeah. And so I let Chris know that last night and he was blown away and wanted to just express his gratitude and thanks to his church family as well. But I also wanna read you something um, and at least give you a little bit of an update from him because they had uh, an, another hurricane come through this past week as well that, uh, that did destroy their village. But like there is still amazing things happening. God is still doing awesome things through there. And so I just wanna let you know this real quick. He said, the one river that came through and wiped them out, uh, wiped out their village has now become three. And three rivers that now flow through the village. But this week they broke ground behind the ministry, four acres where they're gonna be rebuilding the village and homes and their new church. And so God is blessing, he is faithful, and we are excited to rebuild away from the river and higher up the mountain. Um, and he was just, you know, I told him, I said, I was gonna let you know this tomorrow, but since I got you, we were talking on Facebook Messenger a little bit, I said, just thought I'd tell you that, uh, that this is coming, and he was blown away. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Incredible stuff when God's people come together. And when you talk about the what if questions that we ask, can you imagine the questions that they're asking? and that they are continuing to ask. And when we think about our lives and the what if questions that we have, that we still have, and that we're gonna to continue to have for a while, uh, especially in the midst of all of this that's going on, um, I know that they are certainly asking some questions that um, number one, they probably thought they would never have to ask. Um, we are potentially never going to have to ask the same kinds of questions that they are. Um, however, God is still working in the midst of all those. And you know, these what if questions that we have, um, that we've all been dealing with, as we know, it can really mess with our peace of mind and it can really mess with, our, um, with us feeling unsettled and, and not knowing what to do. And it can affect our relationship with the Lord. Um, but if we address these from a place where it can really make a difference in our daily lives and not just, in, not, not just sounding good, but actually something practical. And so we've looked at what if the worst happens? We've asked that question. And we've looked at that. And last week we talked about what if I cared more about what God thought than other people. This week's question, I would be willing to bet, is not one that you are or have asked maybe outside of like a Bible study environment because it's going to feel a little like Christianese churchy. But let me just say that I feel like this is a question we should be asking more often. And the question is this, what if I was more thankful what if I was more thankful? Now, we're probably not asking a question a lot like that right now. In fact, a lot of us are probably asking like, well, what if I had enough money to pay the bills? What if I had more stuff? What if I, what if I didn't have to worry about uh, maybe this or that in, in my life or, or being able to you know, pay the bills and, and things along those lines? Um, I doubt you've seriously asked this question of yourself, 
outside of maybe a Bible study environment. Maybe you have, um, and that's great. But what I'm suggesting is that you look through this lens of what if I was more thankful? If you look through this lens as part of who you are, that your perspective on what comes at you in this life, what this world throws at you, because this world throws stuff at us all the time, and we feel that now more than ever. But if you look through this lens in those things, I, I'm suggesting that based on God's word that it's going to make a difference in your life and, and that it's going to make a difference and change your life. So I did a little bit of research, and if you go to uh, uh, this website, positivepsychology.com, I was looking at, like, what are the benefits of gratitude? And I found these five categories, according to positivepsychology.com, that are five benefits of gratitude. Emotional, social, personality, career, and health. And there are different, uh, different things within each one of these. Uh, and, and this is kind of the science, if you will, the five, uh, five benefit groupings, according to this. So emotional benefits would be things like happiness, positive emotions, self-esteem, keeping negative thoughts at bay. It, it even listed keeping suicidal thoughts at bay uh, by us being more grateful and having a, a thankful attitude. Social benefits would include uh, that people like us, which we talked about last week. Uh, romance, friendships, social support, family stress is, is less. Um, personality benefits, being more optimistic, you'll be more giving. Uh, you'll reduce materialism, will, will be a result of being, uh, being more grateful. Uh, career benefits, which I found interesting. Uh, you'd be a more effective manager, uh, better decision making, you'll find meaning in your work, reduce turnover. Um, health benefits, reduce depression, reduce blood pressure, improve sleep, frequency of exercise, and overall physical health. These are the, the science is saying, if you will, that these things um, will be beneficial if we are more grateful. But I want you to notice that there's no real spiritual benefits listed here. Um, and I believe that those are actually the best. The spiritual benefits from being, being grateful and, and having an attitude of gratitude, if you will. Um, but the Lord keeps it so simple. There was so much under this. This was like a super long article that I had to read, I didn't have to read, that I chose to read on, uh, online and, and all of this and they laid out all of these different things and it's, and it's amazing how we use, you know, have, have to write this big long article and God pretty much sums it up in three verses as he does. He keeps it simple, um, which is amazing. The Lord keeps it so simple and the amazing thing is the Lord's perspective on this does affect all of these things but it's a triple, trickle down effect that really starts, and if you, if you follow what the Lord is saying about how we should act and being grateful, it will have an impact on all of these things, but in light and through the lens of Jesus. So I want you to look at what Paul says as he tells us to do three specific things in a specific order in this verse that is probably familiar to you. It was in my email that went out on Thursday that I hope you all saw and read. Um, and it says this, rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. So if this isn't a what-if question for you, meaning the, you know, what if I was more thankful, as a follower of Jesus, maybe it should be. Maybe it should be because um, it's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Like we see that. This is God's will for you. So maybe we should be asking that question a little bit more. 
Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. We're told to do this because it's the will of God. In regards to this, these three verses, Charles Spurgeon, theologian, said this. When joy and prayer are married, their firstborn child is gratitude. Think about really what he's getting at there. When joy and prayer are married, their firstborn child is gratitude. So true. And the idea here is not that this is God's will, so you must do this. That's not the idea here. The thought is is rather that this is God's will so that you can do this. So that you can do this. It isn't easy. It's not easy. But we can do it because it's God's will. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. We don't give thanks for everything. We give thanks in everything. These, are, these two small words have such huge implications and make such a big difference in our perspective in the way that we're seeing this. We recognize that God's sovereign hand is over us, that he is in charge, and that it's not blind fate or by chance. But being in the will of God means that we reflect the joy of the Lord. It means that we have a life of prayer and gratitude to the Lord in every season and in every circumstance in life, and that's not easy. That's not easy to do, but it's God's will for us to do it, and we can do it. And so we don't say thanks to the Lord for everything and for our circumstance. We say in this, in this that I am in, in this circumstance, in this that I thank you, Lord, because I trust you, and I trust that I am in this place and I am in this circumstance because it is your will. Sometimes it's our fault that we're in a circumstance or we're in a place that maybe isn't good or isn't healthy. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's our fault because we made bad decisions and there are consequences for bad decisions. But that God is still involved and that God can take any circumstance that we're in and in that, he can do amazing things with it. Look at this next verse, which is probably familiar to you. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. A lot of people love to quote this verse. I mentioned this, I feel like, a few weeks ago as well. But a lot of times we stop and that all things God works for the good of those who love him and of those who have been called according to his purpose. That's a big quantifier there at the end. But boy, isn't it amazing the way that God's word lines up so perfectly with itself? It's so amazing when you look at that. And so I want to look at a story today, and I want to look at a miracle of Jesus today that probably gets overlooked At least this particular aspect of it, I think, gets overlooked quite a bit. Um, And it's in the book of Luke, chapter 17, uh, but it has everything to do with the what-ifs of this life and the difference that a thankful heart can really make. And so it's in Luke 17, uh, beginning in verse 11, and if you have your Bible app, you can follow along with me there. You can jump uh, into the events, and you can look for Connect Church in Akron, Ohio, and if you've got your physical Bible... Uh, turn to Luke chapter 17 with me. That's, uh, that's awesome. So here we go. It says this. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, 
there are some really cool things here because these men were in quarantine. If you really think about it, we can relate with them a little bit. This was a normal thing for those who had leprosy back in the day. They, they lived amongst themselves and only amongst themselves, but this was much worse than COVID-19 because they had no company other than themselves and they were outcasts literally and figuratively. They were to live on the outskirts and anytime they walked in anywhere, they had to yell unclean so that people knew, stay away from these guys, you know, um, completely. And leprosy at the time was thought to be highly contagious, was thought to be highly contagious at the time. Um, It came with disfigurement, chronic ulcers, nerve damage, constant burning feeling in the skin, um, muscle weakness, and paralysis. Not fun. We know now that prolonged, close exposure and close contact with somebody who has leprosy that's untreated for many months is needed to catch the disease, and and we also have treatments now. So obviously, the more we learn, the more we know, and the more decisions that we make as, as we're learning that now as well. But at the same time, they didn't know back then. They didn't know, and so they did their best as we have been trying to do as well. We're, we're trying to do our best in that. Current treatments now, just in case you're wondering, current treatments for leprosy now, uh, they take about one to two years for treatments to completely cure it. But we also know that, uh, that the contagions, like how contagious it is, isn't nearly as contagious as what they thought it was uh, way back then. But here's something interesting. This disease, this moment, this particular story broke down racial and national barriers big time, at least within this little demographic, because they weren't Jews or Samaritans in this moment. They were just men who needed saved. They were men in need of a savior because they had a disease that was incurable. There is a really big lesson there that we could talk about sin because all of us have that disease and all of us are in need of a savior there. But you know, sometimes tragedy and hardships can be a catalyst for, for an incredible work of unity of the Lord. Because Jews and Samaritans back in the day did not like each other. Like Ohio State, Michigan's got nothing on that. Like they hated each other and to the nth degree. Let's continue with the story here. Verse 15 says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. One of them came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So the only one to return to give thanks, the only one, was the most unlikely one, the Samaritan. And it says with a loud voice, A loud voice, he comes back and thanks Jesus. All of them, all 10 of them, they were willing to do the religious ceremony, but only one of them was actually filled with true praise and true thanksgiving to the Lord. They were willing to obey the ritual, but only one of them was really giving praise and thanks to where the power really came from. And Jesus missed the nine, the other nine that didn't come back and and give him thanks and give thanks to God. He wondered where they were. He wondered 
Where, where are the rest of them? And there's an important lesson that we can learn from this here about Jesus in terms of his relationship to us. And this next statement might make you squirm a little bit. But it's the truth, and I think that's okay if it does make you squirm a little bit. Jesus notices our lack of gratitude. He does. Jesus notices our lack of gratitude. He notices. How many times, how many times has God come through for you? How many times has God come through for me? And we don't acknowledge it at all. In fact, we feel maybe just relieved instead of thankful. We feel relieved and, and, and like we got what we deserved or, or maybe we, whew, we just barely escaped that one. Instead of realizing the undeserved favor, the grace of God that he gave us. Don't think for a minute. Don't think for a minute that Jesus doesn't notice. And don't think for a minute that it doesn't affect your relationship with him because it does. It does. How could it not? How could it not affect your relationship with him? When we don't acknowledge and thank God for his mercy and for his grace, we rob him of the glory that is rightfully his. And that's hard for us to hear because we're all guilty of it at times, myself included. Believe me, I've never preached a message that I didn't, that I didn't need to hear, and today is no exception. <laughs> I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to anybody else here. Because there are sins of omission and sins of commission. Maybe you've never heard that before. And I don't want to get too like theologically nerdy for a second, but I will because it, it makes sense. It's sins, sins of omission. Sins of omission are things that you should do, but you don't do. We all can think of those things. And then you've got sins of commission are the things that you should not do, but you do anyway. And what's interesting about this is that both are kind of wrapped up there. Both of those things are wrapped up in there. But look at what Paul says in Colossians 3, verse 17. He says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In whatever you do is pretty all-inclusive, isn't it? That's like everything. Whatever you do. How many blessings, how many blessings has the Lord given me today that I haven't even paused one second to say thank you for? How many blessings has the Lord given you today? You woke up. There's one. I mean, we could go on and on. We could go down the list. But we can always find a reason for gratitude to God. We can always find a reason for gratitude. There are always, always reasons to tell God thank you. Even the worst situations, even when the worst happens, even if other people think this or if other people think that, even if I screw everything up, even if I make a wrong decision, even if, even if I don't know what to do because I'm in a situation that I never thought I would be in, we can all relate with that a little bit right now, there's always a reason for gratitude to God. And this mindset, this spiritual practice that we should have, I believe can and will change the way that we walk through this season finale of 2020 and into 2021. I believe it can really make an impact and make a big difference as we see what's in store for us as we turn the page on the calendar. 
You know, in verse 19, Jesus said to the tenth leper, your faith, your faith has made you whole. Faith has made you well, actually, is what he said. And, you know, I, I believe that there was an extra healing for that tenth leper that came back. Because of his gratitude, when, when, when Jesus looked at him and, and said this, your faith has made you well, he, he likely meant that God's work within this man, within this man's heart, that he was going to do something special, that he was doing something special there. Because the, uh, the, the other lepers, they left with their bodies healed, but their hearts, their hearts were still sick. But you know what? God healed them anyway. God healed them anyway, even though they didn't come back and say thank you. But, but this guy, I believe God had an extra special blessing for him. Our bodies, they are feeble and they fall apart. And we all know that. They're temporary. But the work of the Lord within us, the work of God within us is what truly sustains us, is what truly drives us forward and, and keeps us moving forward. And for that we should be grateful every single day. Every single day and every single moment, quite frankly. And you better believe that this man, while he was healed physically, and he was, he was healed physically, just like the rest, but his spiritual healing, his spiritual healing was even more significant. And that, that is something that, that I want as well. That is something that I believe you want. And that is something that we all need more than anything. We know, we know the impact that this can have on our, on our physical bodies when we have a grateful heart. We've seen kind of the science, but the impact on our spiritual life is even more immense. Here's an interesting thing about this story that a lot of people overlook. And I think is a really, really cool perspective. We already read it. But you know, we don't actually know the point and the moment when the lepers were healed as they, as they walked away. We don't know when that actually happened. Jesus sent them on a journey toward Jerusalem. So he sends them on this journey, and it says, as they went, they were cleansed. I think that's huge. And let me tell you why. I think that's a really big deal in that moment. Because so often we have a tendency to say to the Lord, Lord, heal me, and then I'll start walking. But Jesus says, you start walking, and along the way, you will see that I am working. Man, that's a big difference. That's a big shift. You might need to just continue going where the Lord has told you to go and, and be able to look back and realize the whole time during that journey that God has been working and you didn't even know it. Or maybe you've been waiting for him to do something and heal you in some way, shape, or form and he's just waiting for you to take the next step or a few steps and to head in a particular direction. Don't say, God, we, we can't bargain with God. <laughs> don't, don't try to cut a deal and say, God, when, when, 
when this, if this, then that, who are we to say that to God? Instead, we come to him with thankful hearts, with a place of rejoicing in all things, in a, in a mentality of praying continually and thanking him in all circumstances. And, and he walks with us on that journey. He sends us on that journey. And we realize that he has been healing us and he has been moving and working through us as we are heading where he wants us to go. But they had to listen and follow the instructions of the Lord before the healing began. Makes you wonder how far they got before that actually started. It makes you wonder how far that guy had to come back to thank Jesus. Was it five or six steps? Was it five or six miles? I don't know how far Jesus is gonna ask you to continue walking before he heals you and before he maybe answers the prayer or prayers that you're asking for. But know this, he's working even in the midst of that. So the connection point for the morning actually puts a little bit of it back on you. Because I've got a blank in it. And the connection point is this. Even if, blank, will I give thanks to God? I hope you take a minute, more than a minute, some time this morning, right now. Forget about who's around you. Forget about who's next to you for just a second. Those of you that are at home, just focus on this for just a minute and seek God and the Holy Spirit for just a second and ask him what that blank looks like for you. Even if, what? Will I give thanks to God? We're all dealing with something different right now. Yes, we do have a lot in common because we are dealing with a lot of some commonalities as well, but this, this season of life that, we're, that we are all going through together is affecting us all a little bit differently also. But even if blank, see, we're taking the what if questions of your life and of our life and we're flipping them into an even if. This is personal. And this should be personal for you between you and God. If we connect to the Lord, we hand our what ifs to the Lord in a way that is not just talk. I've heard enough talk. Not just talk, but in a way that challenges us and changes us. In a way that really makes a difference. Then you need to get personal with the Lord and you need to thank him. You need to start from a place of gratitude and thankfulness and thank God for whatever that is. I know this is hard. Believe me. The hardest thing you will ever do in your life is to live an authentic Christian life. It's not easy. Jesus never, never said that this was the easy road. In fact, he said the complete opposite. but he's there and he's working. We're gonna end a little different today. You stand and then bow your heads as you do because we are gonna pray. 
but we are going to sing. We're going to sing together. And we're going to sing to the Lord from a heart of gratitude. Did you know? Did you know that Christianity is actually the only religion that sings out of gratitude? I bet you didn't know that. Every other religion that sings sings out of obligation. But we sing to the Lord out of a heart of gratitude. So we're going to end with a song of gratitude today. Because we have so much to be thankful for. And in every circumstance and in everything, we can thank God. And whatever is going on in your life, I guarantee you that there is something that you can find in every circumstance to thank God for. Even if it's just your salvation, that's enough. And if you're, if you're not saved, if you're not 100% sure that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven one day, good grief, let's start there. I'd love to pray with you, show you in God's word how you can walk out of here today knowing for 100% sure that no matter what happens to you, you will spend eternity in heaven with Jesus because he loves you so much. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. And Lord, even if we pray for nothing else than to just say thank you, Lord, we can't say it enough. We can't say thank you enough. So Father, thank you. You've given everything for us. And Lord, we, we sometimes whine and complain and, and all of that because we're feeble and we're human and And Lord, we need you. Each and every one of us need you. So God, I pray that number one, if there is someone here that that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, that they're not 100% sure, maybe they're thinking I have nothing to be thankful for in life. Lord, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, we all can be thankful for that. But maybe maybe they don't have that assurance in their life that, that they know that no matter what happens, that they're going to spend eternity with you. Lord, I pray that today they might make that decision. Whether they're here, they're watching online, Lord, we can go to connectchurch.xyz slash next to find out more information about that if they're not able to be here. But Lord, for those of us that are here, I pray that your spirit would move in a powerful way. Lord, I pray that all of us would walk out of here today with thankful hearts that even in the midst of chaos, even during COVID-19, even during I can't pay my bills, even during um, this person's sick, even during whatever that fill in the blank might be, even, even this relationship's falling apart, even if it's whatever that might be. Father, we all have those different things. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move in a powerful way, God, because we can always be thankful to you because you never leave us. You never forsake us. You're always there. You are the same today, yesterday, and forever. And Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, as we lift our voices together now and we sing in gratitude to you, God, I pray, Lord, that we can give you all the honor and glory and praise that you deserve right now. In Jesus' name, amen.